You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now? A practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I would like to begin here today by calling in the spirits. So I call out first to the ancestors, to all of those who bring that which is good and true and beautiful into our lineage. I call out to these ancestors, yours and mine and those who will listen to the show at any time. I call out to all of these ancestors, for we are all of one family. And I call out to these ancestors who lived well and died well and met the challenges of their day in a way that they have something to teach those who are here living now so that we may do what we must do even better so that all that is needed for those who are coming is here when they arrive. So I call out for these ancestors to gather around us, to help us, to help us to meet the challenges of our time in new ways with innovation and creativity and clarity and heart that we might create a world that the descendants are longing to come into. So I call out to these ancestors to gather around us, and I thank you for your presence here today. And with the ancestors gathered around, let each, let's each one of us move our energy from our mind to our heart and our heart to our belly and our, from our belly down, all the way down through all the layers of the earth and to the very center of the earth, and let us take this moment to give the earth thanks, to give thanks for life, to give thanks for the miracle and wonder of life, to give thanks for the dreaming of this planet that brought life as we experience it into physical manifestation. And we give thanks to the earth for that wonder and for the beauty and for the joy of being alive. And also for those things that are hard and are challenging and help us to grow and change those gifts that come disguised in life as challenges. For all of the many, many, many blessings of life, we give thanks to the earth. And reach deep into the heart of the earth and draw the energy of the earth up, up into our bodies, into our life, into our day, calling into our life the energy of connection, the energy of groundedness, the energy of belonging, the energy of home and place. We call out to the earth to help us to use this energy of connection and groundedness to expand our awareness out, to feel the interconnectedness of all things, to feel that great dream of life and to know our place in that dream, to know our place as it is essential and absolutely irrelevant, but it must be lived to weave ever more strongly the fabric of the universe. So we give thanks to the earth for what she offers us in restoration, rejuvenation, and the wisdom of manifestation. And so we draw the energy of the earth up into our bodies, from our bellies to our hearts, our hearts to our minds, from our minds up and out the top of our head through the sky, whatever the sky happens to be doing, wherever you are at this time, we go up through the sky, out through the atmosphere and out into the timeless cosmos. And out in the cosmos, we reach and reach and reach until we reach to the highest power of the universe, to the very, very source energy. And by whatever name you know that or call that energy, call out to it and draw it down. Not as a great otherness, 
but as you, for you are it and it is you. And so we reach out to that energy and draw it down through all the layers of the sky, calling into ourselves, calling into our day, calling into these proceedings, the energy of protection, the energy of blessing, the energy of generosity, the energy of devotion and the benevolence of this universe. We call these energies in so that in our day, we will find those mentors that we need. We will find those that champion our cause and we'll find those who ally with us and that we will be able to express that which we are called to bring into the world. So we give thanks to the energy of the sky and draw it into our head and our heart and our body. Allow the energy of earth and sky to mix within us in that great dance of the big love, the Tao. And we call out to this energy to make the place alive and well for the spirit of the heart. And we call out to the heart and ask the heart to open up in the great crucible of transformation and change that it is. And we call up the fiery passions of the belly into the crucible of the heart where they may burn and glow warm and true with the reason that we are here. And we call down the crystal clarity of the mind that ability to discern and to clarify. We draw that energy in as well that we might know what these fiery passions mean in our time, in our life. So we call out to these energies and let them dance there in the crucible of the heart and we invite the magic of the heart to give birth to that third energy, which is the knowing of our soul's purpose. And I ask that each one of you find, reach deeply into your heart and find in your heart the courage to bring your soul's purpose into manifestation in some way in this day and to give the gift you are here to give to humanity, to the planet, and to our universe. So with the spirits called in, I give thanks to all of them, the ancestors, the earth, the sky, and the hearts, and all that fits in between. We give thanks to them for being with us here today. And I give thanks to all of you that are helping me to keep this show alive and uh, those who have donated financially that help me to pay the bills um, that are required to be able to produce the show and to be able to keep the archives available there on the whyshamanismnow.com site. So I give special thanks to Deb and Manjeet, to Christy, David, Jeremy, Clayton, and Eduardo. Thanks to all of you for the money that you have donated. If this show is meaningful to you in any way, if it moves you in the heart, into distraction or into joyful um, or into humor. I don't care how it moves you, but if it does move you in the heart, I ask you to follow that motivation of the heart into action. For this is the very essence of shamanism, is to be motivated in our actions by the energies of the heart. And so, in some way, I ask you to return something to the show, be it a question, be it a small donation, be it a large donation, be it sharing uh, these ideas in your journey circle, or perhaps the many ways that people are beginning to share with me that they are taking the teachings into their life and educating children, changing the way they interact with their parents, perhaps changing the way they parent their own children, changing the way they practice their shamanism. So I give thanks to all of you that are giving the show a reason for existence and allowing that energy to circle back and to continue to keep the show relevant, to keep the show alive, but also to keep it vital so it does not become a drain um, through its uselessness for you, but also that it doesn't become a burden for me. So I thank you all for helping me. I, I alone am not doing this. We are doing this. And I thank you for the we-ness. And I'd also like to give thanks today to Ken and Mary and the people at cocreatornetwork.com because without their technological expertise and their, their good love and their great hearts, we wouldn't be here with you all today. So I want to give a special thanks to them. 
So for those of you that have been tracking things here and there and on the Facebook page, you know that it's been a big month here. Um, And frankly, I am pooped. And so I'm cutting myself some slack here. And I'm going to just give you all what you want. (laughs) Because it's sort of easier for me to do than making up new stuff. Um, The next few shows are going to be um, about journeying. Many of you have asked for that. And so the next few shows are going to be about journeying, um, about mastering journeying. And so today's show is going to be about crafting questions, which y'all have asked for, and we'll move on through interpreting symbolic language, your symbolic language, and translating your journeys into action as the three facets of mastering shamanic journeying. So there you go. Today we'll start with crafting questions. And interspersed among those shows are going to be some guests. Um, manifestation, frankly, is, can be really exhausting. And in this month, we've manifest many things here at Whole Being Health and Last Mass Center. And um, I'm needing a little break. So today we're going to talk about something near and dear and very familiar to my heart, which is crafting good journey questions. So if you have questions... Um, you are welcome to email me here at christina at lastmasscenter.org. Uh, you can also Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site, or you can call in at 512-772-1938. Um, those are the many ways that you can connect. And if you're listening to this show not live and you have questions, feel free to email me anyway. And um, it's very possible with the timing of things that questions about crafting questions might end up in the next show about interpreting symbolic language. So we'll just see how things go. So for those of you that are new to the show, talking about journeying is um, not, this isn't the first time I've done that. We are continuing in a sense our conversation about how to work skillfully with helping spirits and in particular with the shamanic technique of journeying. So back in April, we did a number of shows. Um, On the third, we explored what helping spirits are and why they help us. I brought up a couple of ideas there that were new and challenging for some people. One was about the helping spirits, freedom to act versus our responsibility for free will and how those two things were different. The other was about the amorality of the spirit world, um, which proved to be very challenging. So we circled back around to that on April 10th in the next show. And continued, and continued to explore that. And I gave people a challenge to explore with their helping spirits, amoral and moral, and amoral and immoral. And to explore what those mean and how they are manifest in the spirit world. I haven't really heard back from anyone about that challenge. Um, but I can see from the email questions that people tend to be very, contemporary people in America at least, tend to be very attached to the idea of the spirit world being moral that it's somehow tracking your work and checking your work and somehow your helping spirits will keep you out of trouble. Um, and that's certainly not the case. And um, that the, I also noticed from the emails that this concept of amorality is a new one for a lot of journeyers. So it's definitely something to explore. And then um, on the next show about uh, working with the spirits, I think it was April 25th, although I'm not convinced about that, but I think so. Um, we continue talking about shamanic skills and journey we talked about the shamanic playpen and and what the helping spirits really want from us and why they come to us in the journey and these are all important things to understand if you're going to craft good journey questions because they help you to understand the larger context or the larger energetic system in which you 
and your helping spirits and your journey is happening in. Okay, so these are really important ideas. Um, and particularly this, this sense that I explored in a show with um, Steve Baer about what do the spirits want from us. He also did a great article um, at my request uh, for the journal from the Society of Shamanic Practitioners about what the spirits want from us. And that basically they want us to be fully human. They want us to really live into our part of the great tapestry of life and to, to do that um, as passionately and as gracefully and as magnificently as we possibly can. And then that ties us into the show, <clears throat> excuse me, the show from before about um, living a life um, of legend. I mean, to live your life in such a way that if you were from a shamanic people, your life story would become a teaching story. For those who are coming, that's living a life of legend. And there's absolutely no reason every single one of us can't do that. It doesn't have anything to do with fame, things like that. And by the way, your helping spirits are happy to give you answers about how to become famous. That's what you want. They'll answer that. They're, they're not going to judge your questions. So if you want to go down any path, your helping spirits will help you down that path. What is important to understand, I think, if you really want to practice shamanism as shamanism and you really want to understand how journeying works, you need to understand why the helping spirits come to us in the first place. And they come to us to help us to be fully and completely ourselves. So that is subtext in every single journey that you take. Okay, so anyway, we talked about that already. Um, let's see. So... The other thing to remember then in that regard is that your journeys are going to be somewhat wimpy if you're asking about good and bad and right and wrong. Because that's not the reason the helping spirits come to you is to help you, you know, stay on the um, straight and narrow. They're not like parents. That your helping spirits come to you to help you live, to help you live fully, to help you, <clears throat> even to help you make mistakes as long as you learn from those mistakes. And so your helping spirits also are not going to keep you from hurting yourself. But what they will do is they'll help you to learn from that particular hurt. So anyway, they're here to help us really understand um, how to fully embody and to own our own power and to understand the ramifications of our actions, um, what it means to act and what it means to give our gifts to the world and in that way to make beauty. Um, Again, not because beauty is good or moral, but because it is a face of the divine. And it means that you are here doing what you came here to do. And if you just do what you've come here to do, there will be beauty in it. Um, it's a bit circular, granted, but, you know, welcome to the actual reality of our universe. It's not a straight line, people. Um, so, these are some of the basic issues then that arise when we're crafting questions. And so today I'm going to just kind of forge ahead into this, this crafting questions world. So to craft questions well, we need to see ourselves in this human experience as spirit sees us. I, I know that some people may journey just to get a need to get perspective about that but that basically from spirit's perspective a we're spirit who have chosen to incarnate as human so we're not first human and then trying to have a spiritual life that we are spirit manifest as humans and being humans gives us unique and 
specific human power. And um, within that, this experience of life for a human, the, the attitude they're trying to move us towards is the understanding that everything is a gift. Um, that it's not about finding out what's right or wrong or trying to figure out what the rules are, good or bad. Or certainly, not, they're not here to tell you what you should do. Um, and there's a number of shows in the archives about this whole concept of life as a gift. So I'm not going to go into that right now. Um, but uh, this is the perspective, really, that your helping spirits are coming from. And so if we can craft our questions with that understanding... Um, the accuracy between the issue in our life, the question that we're asking and the answer, and then how the answer applies to the original issue is going to be tighter. Not going to be quite so many different levels of translation. You know, like trying to have a conversation that begins in some native tongue that gets translated into Spanish, and then the Spanish gets translated into English, and then the English gets translated into German. You know, and it, it, you, things start to get lost in the translation. That's why... Even though the helping spirits will come to any human being in whatever state they're in and help, if we're talking about crafting questions, we're talking about becoming skillful. And so to become skillful, one of the first things we need to do is understand what the hell's going on. And that's kind of what I'm talking about right now is to really understand this bigger context in which um, the helping spirits come to us and we are able to communicate with them. Okay, so then the other thing to do is to consider the possibility that there is very little going on in an everyday American life that has any direct relationship with the real energies or even your real energies. Most Americans spend an enormous portion of their day filled with things that have no deeper meaning. I'm sorry, but that's just true. And so the other thing is... In terms of asking questions of your helping spirits, there's a whole lot of stuff you could be asking about that feels very meaningful to you, but it doesn't really mean anything in a larger context. And that's part of the reason people's journeys can sometimes be kind of fluffy and lackluster and not really very passionate is because you're asking about things that don't really matter. And I'm not saying paying your bills doesn't matter, but you need to bring that whole question to the helping spirits um, with some perspective about um, what your trouble at work really means or what your joblessness is really about. Like joblessness is really a question about survival, not jobs. And problems at work is really probably more a question about what's going on energetically there that people need to see in themselves than it is about, you know, your paycheck. So that's my point I'm trying to make. Anyway, backtracking here. So if we consider the possibility that not much of what we're doing in American life has any real meaning, then um, a lot of what we encounter in the day is the creation of decisions being made by people that are motivated entirely by either automatic running program thinking or the pain of lost soul parts or fear or the lack of initiation or the influence of the unresolved dead. And so part of the challenges we have in crafting questions is we need to recognize that a lot of what's moving out there in the world, creating issues that we would ask a question about, it's not what it seems, I guess is my point in that. And so one of the first things about crafting questions is then not to assume too much, is to make sure you actually 
see what's really going, see in quotes, what's really going on. And so sometimes your first journey should be to ask what's really going on with XYZ problem. And then from there, I mean, once you find out that that issue that appears so clearly to be your sister-in-law is actually the dead and not your sister-in-law at all, that changes the questions you're going to ask about how you're going to deal with your sister-in-law at Thanksgiving. So anyway, okay. So if you're journeying about your life under the assumptions that any of this everyday stuff is real, then you're going to be in trouble crafting questions. If you're journeying specifically to see through the stuff of the day to what's really going on or to see the deeper truth in an issue, then your journeys can be really fruitful. But the important thing, again, is to start is to do some legwork around your questions themselves, some sort of mental, emotional legwork around the question itself instead of just asking the obvious question, you're annoyed, so you have a question. But to actually think about, okay, why am I annoyed? What is going on? What are the real energies here? What am I really asking? What's really going on? That kind of question. So where were we? Okay, so basics. Yeah, let's just do the basics. Now, these are what I would consider the absolute basics of crafting questions that you would have learned in a basic journey in class. Okay. So the first one for the shamanic journey, and for those of you that don't even know exactly what that is, I am specifically referring to learning the skill of listening to a drum or some other um, vehicle for the journey um, that's going to induce you to go beyond your typical meditative state into the spirit world where you meet your helping spirits, you ask a question, you experience in some way the answer, and then you bring that answer back from your helping spirits and apply it in some way then to your everyday life or apply it to the next question you need to ask because not every question leads directly to action. But my point is a shamanic journey, what makes it shamanic is the altered state, not an everyday meditative state, but the altered state, the connection with the helping spirits, the diagnosis and remedy of the situation from the helping spirits, and then the drawing of that energy back into everyday reality to make a change here in ordinary reality based on the messages from non-ordinary reality. That's shamanic. So it's not just me being psychic. It's not just me being intuitive. It's not just me... It's similar, but not exactly like me working with my dreams. It's a very specific technique. And so I'm speaking specifically about developing your technique in shamanic journey. Okay. So basics. One question per journey. Now, understand the reason for this. It's not a rule. It's a principle. But the reason for it is in, in a shamanic journey... Your helping spirits are often not speaking to me to you, but they're taking you on an adventure. Thus the name, shamanic journeying, that you're on a journey, you're on an adventure, that you're having an experience that you then interpret to get the answer out of. And so there's not a conversation necessarily going on. Not everyone's helping spirits speak to them. I have some that do and many that don't. Um, and so when you are in a journey... Everything that happens after you ask the question is an answer to the question. So if you start changing questions in the journey, you don't know for certain whether the next thing that happens after question number two is answering question number one or question number two. 
And so it's really just about recognizing the, the form, the structure of journeying. And if you have two questions, journey, get the answer, come back, go back into your journey and ask the next question, but keep it clean. Okay, but anyway, one question per journey and that's why. Always ask the questions within the journey exactly the same way with the same words. For those of you that do have helping spirits that use words, I hope you have already noticed that they are very, very specific in their choice of the words they use in whatever language they're speaking to you in. And so we need to also be as specific with them. Show me the right path for the development of the heart and what is the right path for the development of my heart are two entirely different questions. And so you need to be careful and precise in your journey that you are repeating the same question, which is why it is worth taking some time before you journey to craft that question so that it rolls, you find, really find the right words so that it rolls off your tongue easily in the journey. Now, by the way, show me is a great way to frame your question if you actually want to see something. If you want to be shown an answer, if you want to see something in a particular way, to say show me instead of what will tend to move the journey towards the experience of being shown something. That's just a no, by the way. So with all that said, basic uh, principle number three is that you can use anything who, what, where, why, how, show me, you know, any of the ways that we construct questions or you construct questions with whatever languages that you speak, when can be a bit dubious because when is a very, very different conversation in the spirit world than it is in our world, in our sense of time. And so when is hard to interpret. It doesn't mean you can't ask. And some people happen to have helping spirits that are very precise around time. Um, and if you do, great. Use when questions. But most of us don't. Okay. So the other thing that's important about journeying, unlike other divination tools, is to not frame your questions as yes or no questions. Many divination tools require yes or no questions to work. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. The important thing to understand about journeying, since it's, it's often and a visual experience or a felt experience is that um, we need to not craft yes or no questions because it's hard to tell whether the blue mountains that I just um, arrived on and found myself covered with monarch butterflies is a yes or a no. I mean, it's just too hard to interpret that way. And why? Why bring yes or no questions into the journey when the very nature of this um, divination tool is to have a fuller answer, an experienced answer? Um, Anyway, moving on. These are just the basics. Let me not get carried away here. Let me move on. Um, So if you find that you cannot figure out how to ask the question in any way other than yes or no, that means that you focus down too tight on the question itself and you need to pull back a little bit and get a bigger perspective of the context that question is fitting in. Um, And then you'll be able to figure out how to frame the question in something other than yes or no. So the other thing is do not ask questions that absolve yourself of the responsibility for using your free will, like what should I do? Don't ask those questions. One, you are in the shamanic world. The shamanic world is a world in which the trickster is deeply, deeply embedded. And 
absolving yourself of your free will is a really great way just to ask the spirit world to teach you through reverse, treat you through problems, treat you through challenges, treat you by telling you exactly what you should do and going off and doing that and finding that it's your worst nightmare just to teach you to stop asking that question. That you want to frame questions in the journey to get the rest of the information you don't have, which is keeping you from knowing what to do. In other words, when we have all the information, we can find the right path. It feels right in our heart. We may not like it, but we know the answer. And so what we're using journeying for is to get the rest of the information needed so that we can know the answer. We're not journeying for them to tell us the answer. We're journeying to get the fullest, biggest picture picture, so that we can know the answer ourselves. And then especially when we don't like the answer or the answer is challenging, we can then use journeying to understand how to put the answer into motion. But that's the most important thing to remember about journeying is use it to get the rest of the information. Don't use it to tell you what to do. So good questions then, this is actually principle number six, good questions then usually explore what the true nature of your relationship is with whatever the situation is. Because the other thing to understand about shamanism is everything is happening through relationship. Um, Everything is dynamic. Everything is breathing, pulsing, moving. And so exploring the true nature of, a relation, of the relationship with things is a great way to clarify what's going on. Now, you might need to be sitting in a class about crafting questions for that basic principle to make sense to you. But, um, oh, well, here's a simple example. So um, in my long and colorful life dating, Um, I got to a point in life, I always had a set of questions and they changed as I matured in life. And in the end, uh, before meeting my partner, in the last uh, decade or so that was shamanic, I would journey and simply ask, what is the true nature of my relationship with Mr. New Guy? And then I would journey again and ask, what is the true nature of Mr. New Guy's relationship with me? That's all I would ask. And then I could just decide, did I want to be in the, well, one, did those, the true nature of those two relationships have any compatibility at all? Was I willing to participate in the true nature of the relationship for him? And did I really care about the true nature of the relationship for me? And I could just sit and think about those answers and based on that, make a decision of how to go forward with that Mr. New Guy. And it's very simple, but it's just getting right to the heart of the matter. What is the relationship here? Right? What is, and never, never assume your relationship with a person, place, or thing is the same as that person, place, or thing's relationship with you. It is lovely when those two things line up, but never assume that they do. So exploring the nature of the relationship with something can be helpful. So what if the true nature of your relationship with your job is to teach you what you didn't learn about your problematic relationship with your mother. Wouldn't that explain a lot about why your job is the way that it is? And what if the thing that keeps you from finding the job you really want is the fact that you need to learn what is unlearned about your problematic relationship with your mother before you can create a new dynamic? 
And so now instead of focusing on trying to find a new job, you can focus on learning what you need to learn in the job that you have about what you didn't learn about your problematic relationship with your mother so that you can complete that process there with a job, with resources, and then naturally and organically, you will likely find the next job um, when you've completed why you're really in the job you've got in the first place. Do you see what I mean about relationships? It's all about relationships. It's all about what is your relationship with the things in your life that you are spending your time and energy on. And crafting, shaping, bringing those relationships into alignment with what you intend, what your dreams are, what you're wanting to manifest. Somehow listening to myself talking, that sounds very vague. But anyway, I'm moving on anyway because we're still in the basics and we're running out of time because we've got two other levels to talk about. Okay, so basics number seven. It's not so much about crafting questions, but it's about learning to craft questions. I strongly suggest if you want to learn to journey and you have never done this, start a journey journal. And the journey journal is set up like this. On, on, well, if you're right-handed. On the left side, you would have your question and you can scratch it out and rewrite it and keep working on it. And, and, and it will show then. You'll have a record of you crafting the question until you come upon, you strike the right question for you. You write that down. You take your journey. And then you write down the journey on the left-hand side of the page. So you just keep going page after page, only writing on the left-hand side until the left-hand page until your journey is complete. And then on the right, then, when you're ready to interpret the journey, you go back to the beginning of the journey, remind yourself of the question, and then ask yourself, how does this section of the journey answer that question? And then in the right-hand page, you begin to write down your thoughts and ideas about interpretation. And on the outer margin of the right-hand page, I usually leave a column for action. Now, you don't always have action resulting out of every journey. Often one journey leads to another question until you actually get to action. But then I would write down where it was appropriate. I would write down the action that I took based on the interpretation of the journey. And then that allowed me to go back and look at when that process worked well and the action, the result of the action was excellent, better than I imagined, or at least good, and when it was a disaster, because then I could look back and figure out where, where did things go awry? Was it my question? Was it my interpretation? What was the problem? And if you have a record of that, what you'll begin to see is what kinds of questions work really well with your helping spirits, what kinds of questions don't, so you can stop using those, but you can also start to see your blind spots, and then you can ask a question about how to bring sight in, bring light or sight into your blind spots. And you'll never see your blind spots without a journey journal. It's a given, right? So that would be my next ser- very serious suggestion if you're wanting to step up your own mastery around the art of crafting questions is start to keep a journey journal so you can keep track of what you're doing. So you can learn um, – from your successes and your failures and learn because how you work with your helping spirits is a little bit different for everyone because everyone's helping spirits um, communicates with them differently. 
And so this is my final helpful hint in the basic list. And this is not really such a basic hint, but it was really helpful for me in the beginning of journeying. Because I was trying to follow all these principles. And they're, they're good principles. They stood, they were good for me, but I often got frustrated. And so I would simply, and, and often I would be upset and want to journey and, and not be able to calm down enough to craft a good question. So this is what I designed to deal with those kinds of situations is I would just journey. I knew I needed to journey. I would journey, connect with my helping spirit and ask my helping spirit, what question do I need to ask? The helping spirit would tell me and then I would immediately ask the question. Now, granted, I've just now asked two questions in one journey and I have broken the cardinal rule. I haven't really broken it, though. I've kind of bent it because the point of it is your timing. You need to ask what question you should ask and then ask it so that nothing happens between asking question number one and question number two. And you need to repeat the question back to the helping spirits exactly the way they offer it to you. Don't change it. Don't think, oh, my version is better. Ask it exactly the way they give it to you because it's all in the timing. Now, hands down, I always got good answers when I asked that question And the answers always scared the crap out of me. So there you go. I mean, but it really quickened my life to to be in the midst of a problem, ask the helping spirits what question I should be asking and ask it and act on those answers. It changed things very, very quickly. So that's the list of the basics. Now, in my world, that's what you would learn in your basic journey. And then you would go away and practice, 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 practice. So before we go too much further today about, oh my goodness gracious, look at the time. Before we go too much further, um, let's take a moment and, and define what the right question is. Because being Westerners, we tend to hear right questions as somehow being good or a right as in right and wrong. And that is not my point at all. The right question is effective. It is clear. The right question gets you to an answer. You are able to interpret and ultimately to set into action in your life in a way that reconciles things or changes things or does something that is ultimately not only good for you, but good for all living things. So that's the right question. The right question is first and foremost useful. It gets to the heart of the matter and helps you then to begin to find out what to do in a good way. That's the right question. It's effective. Okay. Um, So it's purely about practicality. Right here is not about dogma. It's not about rules. It's not about judgment. It's just about the practicality and the usefulness of the question. Okay. So now here's some ideas that we talk about in um, a class I call crafting the magical question. So in my world, I teach people basic journeying and say, go away and practice and then come back And then we do a series of three classes. The first is crafting questions from which there is homework. Uh, The next is interpreting your symbolic language from which there is homework. And the last is putting your answers into action from which there is homework. And the idea here is being able to move from, uh, not move from, to use your basic journeying technique. And then to find mastery, not by changing your journey techniques into more and more complicated ways of journeying, which is silly, but to um, develop your capacity in the journey state 
in that state of being to ask more complex questions, to be in more complex answers and processes, and that ultimately to interpret your own symbolic language better. Because those two things are really the thing that separates the um, hobby journeyers from people that actually journey in a way that is useful and practical in their life. Okay. So, number one from the class of crafting the magical question, one of the first things we explore is the right question feels right. It is a felt sense in your body. It rings true. When you get the words right, it rings true. And so there is a deeper felt sense um, that that's where the energy is, that the question is making a direct line to the energy of the problem or challenge or whatever. I hate to say problem all the time because that implies that it's a bad thing. But anyway, the challenge, whatever it is you're journeying about, there's a feeling that the question rings true that it, and it rings true because it's going to connect you with the deeper truth in the issue that you're wanting to journey about. So now, what happens then if you don't have a sense of a truth cord? What happens if you have no idea what anything feels like when it rings true? What if all you get is every once in a while a gut response to something, but otherwise you're not really listening to your truth cord? So let me digress for a moment from crafting questions to a little soapbox here about your energy body and your consciousness. And I'm doing this because, okay, I've been teaching for over 20 years. And I've always taught about the energy body. And I've been watching... Where, where I have watched things go to hell in a handbasket around me, particularly of late, in this time that we're in, this very challenging time that we're in, things are going to hell in a handbasket because people have no accurate awareness of their own energy body. They're not tracking it. They're not aware when they are becoming influenced by outside forces, be they advertising or ancestors, uh, unresolved ancestors. So... Now, more than ever, every single waking adult human being needs to have a conscious energy practice. Okay, there I've said it. Christina's dogma. Deal with it. But I truly, as I'm watching the shit start to fly at the root of it, the place it could have been stopped or resolved or reconciled is a person who does not know their own energy. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I got my good days and my bad days, but at least I am trying. And at least I have a picture of what managing your energy body looks like. So my point is, if you want to craft good questions, you must know when the question rings true. It is not in your head. It is in your body and is in your heart. And for that to happen, you need to cultivate a sense of your own energy body. And you need to clear the crap out of your body so that you can do that. So, yes, you got to do your spring detox. I mean, it's like all the stuff I always talk about. You know, there's no get-out-of-jail-free cards here, people. And so to journey better requires that you be better in your body, in your life, in your awareness. And so to truly craft questions, you must know the question when it rings true. And frankly... To interpret your answers, you must know the interpretation when it rings true. You cannot master journeying and not master the cultivation of your truth cord. They, are, they, they each require the, well, they don't each require each other. Journeying requires a truth cord. 
And a truth cord is an energetic structure within your being that is cultivated through your daily energy practice. So my point is, if you don't have a good relationship with your energy body, you are going to be challenged journeying well, getting past the basics of journeying. And I feel that in these challenging times, we need to cultivate the energy body intentionally and daily. And in doing this, we will be both better in our dreaming world and in our journey world. And the bigger reason here, and I'm not going to go too far on this little path because I've already done shows about this, but it is ultimately new agey and naive to believe that somehow your journey world is utterly sort of sacred territory and it's never going to be influenced by problematic outside forces. It can be, as your dream world can be. And one of the most important things about sorting that out is developing a strong sense of the other, of what is foreign, what is alien to my dreamscape, to my journeyscape. Who isn't, what, what does it feel like when a new quote-unquote helping spirit comes in that is only in a disguise? It's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. That comes to you from a felt sense. We don't see it. It's sleight of hand. We get tricked in our visions. And the more visionary you are, the more easily you can be tricked. And so that's the important thing to recognize here is if you want to become a better journeyer, you need to become better and more clear in your energy body and in your awareness as what is you and what is everything else. Okay. So moving right along, back to our crafting questions. Okay. Oh, and by the way, if you're like, what is this energy body thing she's talking about? Go find the archived show. I got shows and shows and shows about the energy body. Okay. So moving right along. So principle number two in crafting the magical question is that you must understand that there is an underlying system of principles that the spirit world operates on. And this is what I'm talking about when I talk about the real energies underneath what is apparent to us. Powerful questions, journeying, are often based on exploring why your life doesn't appear to be operating on those principles. Okay, so some examples of these principles would be everything is connected and that everything moves through these relationships. Well, if you're feeling isolated, it doesn't feel like you're connected. It doesn't feel like everything's connected. So a powerful path of journeying there would be to journey into the true nature of that isolation. Right? Now, the, now the, that's kind of counterintuitive because if people are in pain, they want to use journeying to get out of the pain. And my most helpful journeys have been using the journeying to go into something, to understand the deeper truth of something. Um, everything is sacred is another principle. What if things are going on in your life that aren't feeling so dang sacred? They're feeling kind of crappy. So journey about that. Where is the sacredness in the fact that I just lost my job and my partner, by the way, while I was losing my job, moved out and took the cat? This is not feeling sacred right now. So journey about that. Don't journey about how you get your cat back. Journey about where is the sacredness in this moment or what is the gift or something like that. I know I can feel you already getting grumpy about that. But anyway, my point is there, there are principles. And when your life does not appear to be moving based on those principles, one principle is that you have all that you need. 
And I sat there looking at a stack of bills in Manhattan many a time in my beginning journeying life where I'm saying, this is not all that I need because these bills are not getting paid. This is not all that I need. And I would journey and I would be told something that seemed completely stupid by the spirit world about having all that I needed. And I would go do whatever. And the next day, something unexpected would come in that would cover the bills. So... And there are many, many, many stories about that kind of thing around workshops and things like that. But my point is, don't journey about the surface. Know the greater cosmic principles and journey about why your life doesn't, you know, craft your question in a way that's exploring why my life doesn't seem to be being shaped by these higher principles. So these are things like everything is made of the same thing. You know, everything is made of the same life force energy, um, that you are receiving what you need from the universe, that you are infinitely powerful. So why aren't you feeling that way in the moment? That you are able to do what you came here to do with this life. Um, another principle is that you are most powerful in your ability to get out of your own way. And I've talked about this many times before. That is a great journey question. How do I get out of my own way in whatever the situation is? Um, when the moment is clear, the way is apparent. So again, it's what I was saying earlier, journey to clarify. Don't journey to find the way, journey to clarify, because once things are clear, the way will be apparent. Uh, there are no two ways that are correct at any one point in time. Now, at different points in time, different paths can be correct. There are also different answers at different levels of awareness. But the important thing is there is one answer, relatively speaking, in each moment. And that's the path that you're searching. So don't confuse yourself with seven different options. Find the correct, what path feels correct in the moment. And there is always a path that lies closest to your heart. Maybe you would prefer the path that lies closest to your power. They're not always exactly the same path, but there is always a path that lies closest to your heart. And that may be also the path to choose. So the important thing is to begin to understand then some of the principles on which the universe is actually operating. And then use that understanding as the structure that you craft your questions from. Now, the next thing, next principle that I, I would say in terms of crafting question is, is that once you have your basic question, ask yourself the following as you're crafting that question. So you get the basics, right? The, you, get, you get the gist of it. It's just not quite right. And so you should ask yourself these four things. What are my under, what, what are my under, or your, you know, so what are your underlying beliefs related to this question? And how do your beliefs relate to the principles of the cosmos? In other words, what if your underlying belief is whenever I'm around a powerful man, I cave? That's your belief. But the principle of the cosmos is you're infinitely powerful. Okay, so it's important to think about those two things as you're starting to craft this question. Also ask yourself, what assumptions are you making in the question? One of the, the absolute most common assumption people make is that they are blocked or that they are stuck. 
Now, I could certainly journey on that question. Clients bring that to me all the time. I'm blocked. I'm stuck. And I'll say, okay, talk to me about this blockness. Talk to me about this stuckness. Because what I've found early on in my career journeying for other people is that people aren't blocked or stuck. There's something else. And that if I use that question, I'm not going to get a good answer. That they're really something. They're really tied up. They're really resistant. They're really um, shackled. They're really, frankly, sometimes not stuck at all. The way is completely clear. They just won't take the step. I mean, there's so many options. We make assumptions. And so then after you look at the assumptions that you're making about the question, ask yourself if they are valid assumptions. I mean, some assumptions are valid. Some aren't. And so with that sort of thinking to stir up your mind around the question, you can usually craft then a good question. So a a fourth principle is that um, you are seeking a deeper truth through your journeys and uh, relative to your question. So it's not, you're not seeking just right, wrong, good, bad, what should I do? But you're seeking a deeper truth and you're seeking to understand more deeply the true nature of your experience or perhaps even your existence. And that as you begin to ask these questions, it starts to do, uh, when you begin to ask questions framed in this way, it starts to do two things. It starts to give you answers to your questions so that you can begin to change how your energy is moving in the world. But it also starts to change your awareness of yourself in the world, your awareness, your understanding of the nature of your existence. I mean, one of the most powerful or empowering things that ever happened to me in the beginning first, I don't know, couple years maybe of journeying was simply the realization through journeying that my helping spirits always forgot I was human. They always treated me as spirit. And it was the most, I mean, I have done affirmations, listened to this and that and the other thing. Teacher, a million things to believe in the power of my own spirit. And the most powerful teaching in that was simply the fact that my helping spirits were a ton of fun. They were great in journeys and they always treated me as if I was one of them, as if I was a spirit. And then there was always that, oh yeah, right, she's human this time, hmm. Okay, change the answer this way. That, that, that being human, though critical, was an afterthought. And it helped me understand not only first the ability to or the need to lift out of the limit, my perceived limitations of being a human and to know the true nature of my existence as spirit. Purely because of the way the helping spirits treated me in my journeys. I wasn't asking about this. My point is if you start crafting good questions, you get answers and education. And so part of this education then, as an example, was the realization that I am first spirit and then human. I'm not limited by this this challenging experience of human suffering. So it lifted me out of that and it placed me back in really powerfully because then it begs the question why human and that is a really important question why human and that's where you come to understand that this particular human you've chosen to be is precisely the perfect human 
to bring your soul's purpose into manifestation. Precisely. And so it, in this, this pulling out of my preconceived idea of being a human and recognizing myself as spirit, the helping spirits also gave me that opportunity then to step back in powerfully and to embody and to know of this choice, this choice to be human. And then the helping spirits shift again because now they've got a human who has the power of manifestation, who's starting to pay attention in a good way, in a skillful way, starting, just starting. And now the journeying changes again because now you're beginning to come into the whole act of journeying as someone who is empowered in their choice to be what they are. And now we are having a whole new adventure with your helping spirits. That they're not any longer trying to help you solve that problem to get into your power and to understand yourself as human and take responsibility for all that that means. But now you've done that. And so now the questions and the answers have a whole new baseline to move from. And this is perhaps one of the most important things to understand about crafting questions is the same question can be asked, if, if you're growing and transforming, the same question can be asked year after year and you will get a different answer because you are changing. But more importantly, as you change the way you craft, as you change, you will change the way that you craft questions. And as that changes, the power and the mastery of your journeying will change. It's still the same technique. You're still bringing a question or intention into the spirit world. But how you frame that question defines for the spirit world how they can respond to you. Because it's defining where you are and what you will understand. And so if you want bigger, better, vaster answers, you need to show that you are ready for them by how you frame your questions. And how you frame your questions is entirely coming out of how you see yourself in the world. And how you see yourself in the world is exactly what we're here really trying to learn from spirit is how to be a better human. And so this has been my experience. And this is about half of what I wanted to say today about crafting questions. So maybe we'll have a part two of this as well. But the point is that how we craft the question is critically important in the quality of our answer, number one, but in whether or not we begin to engage the spirit world in the education that comes by being one with spirit in the journey. And continuing that relationship with spirit as we bring the answers of the journeys into action in our lives. Changing ourself, changing our life, and in doing that, changing the world around us. So thank you everyone for listening here today. I want to give thanks to the spirit world for being there for us to go ask questions to. Thanks to the ancestors who are gathered around us here today and all that they are giving us that we are simply remembering. We give thanks to the earth below, the sky above, and the heart that unites us all. 
Next week, our guest will be Hilary Webb talking about her new book about complementary dualism in Andean shamanism. And sometime after, Hilary and the other guests will come back to the art of crafting questions. Thank you, everyone. Journey well.